Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. So this is Christmas. And you know, if there's one word that I would choose to uh, kind of describe what I think Christmas has become for many of us, it's the word complicated. It's become so complicated. I mean, just think of family. How complicated has that become at Christmas? And, you know, what are we going to do this year? We went there last year. We've got to go here this year. And if they come, then they won't talk to them and can't sit them. And it's so complicated. And then when it comes to the meal, and it's only one meal, but it's become so complicated. And if in the days leading up to Christmas Day, you've ever been in the supermarkets and you see people with two trolleys going around and shoving everything in as if the end of the world is coming and it's one meal. And it's so complicated. And then when you do get all that food in the basket, then you realise that the average person over the Christmas day and Boxing Day puts on six to 12 pounds over just that one day. But I've done some research and there's some good news for you. Apparently, if you eat something with calories in and no one sees you eat it, the calories don't count. And apparently, things licked off a spoon, they don't have any calories. And if you eat something really fattening, but you you finish it with a zero-rated or a sugar-free drink, it counterbalances, it doesn't, okay? And it's just got so complicated. And then when it comes to the gifts, that's complicated as well. Like the, the little girl that went into a Santa's grotto and she, uh, Santa said to her, and what would you like for Christmas? And she looked at him indignantly and she said, did you not get my email? Did you not get my direct message? Are you not following me on Twitter? It's just got so complicated. And then there's the, the toys, you know, the easy to assemble toys that are really complicated. And then there's the, the money side and then there's the fights and then there's the hangover, and there's all of that which you've heard about from the family and from, from the spoken word just. And it's just so complicated. And here's the thing. We can't uncomplicate your life for you. But what we can do is we can uncomplicate the Christmas message. You see, right in the original Christmas story, there's a little two-word phrase, and it simply says this, good news. The Christmas message, so this is Christmas, is meant to be good news. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear any kind of news, the question I ask, and this is a little bit topical as well these days, is, is this question, is it true? So if I hear bad news, I want to ask, is it true? So for instance, if, if, if I hear that Netflix has doubled their monthly subscription or, or that Amazon has gone back to just selling books, we ask, is it true? But when I hear good news, I want to ask, is it true? Can you imagine this news? They've just found that processed sugar extends your life expectancy. Wouldn't that be good news? So your five a day wouldn't be your fruit and veg. They would be Krispy Kremes and Ben and Jerry's and Domino's. Wouldn't that be amazing? It's not true. All right, please don't. It's not true. But when we hear any kind of news, we ask the question, is it true? So if Christmas is good news, some of you are going to be asking, like I would, well, is it true? How do we know it's true or not? I am, me and my wife were watching Gogglebox this week. Any of you not watch Gogglebox? Anyone know Gogglebox? Some of you, okay, many of you don't. It sounds boring, but it's really quite a fun show. And basically, they film people in their living rooms up and down the country watching the television. A little bit like our Gogglebox family over here. 
And this week, um, uh, the kind of nativity, the original Christmas story came on and many of the families and many of the people around the country were immediately dismissing it, saying, oh yeah, here's that myth, here's that fairy tale, here's that legend. It's like this story's a little bit, it feels like once upon a time or in a galaxy far, far away because you know Star Wars isn't real, don't you? I've just broken some of your worlds right there. It's not, it's like, and we think of the Christmas story a little bit like that. But one of the guys that wrote a lot of the text around the Christmas story was a guy called Luke and he was a historian and he was a doctor and he was around uh, in Jesus' team and, and he knew people and, 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 and in his writings, it says that he made careful investigations and eyewitness accounts so this wasn't just somebody that made it up. He had conversations with people who were there at the time. And this is what Dr. Luke writes. He writes this. But the angel reassured them saying, don't be afraid for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer has been born for you. He is the Lord, the Messiah. And this is the Christmas story. This is good news. This is that our baby Jesus has been born for you. But, but why is that good news? Well, another of the guys that was around with Jesus at the time, he wrote lots of stuff about him as well. And he wrote later on uh, about Jesus as Jesus was a man. And, and he wrote uh, an instance when Jesus was having a conversation with a, a religious guy called Nicodemus. And in that conversation, John inserts this kind of phrase that Jesus said, and it's become maybe the most famous verse from the Bible, okay, that many of you will have heard of. But, but John said this, for this is how much God loved the world. He gave his one and only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish, but experience everlasting life. We can't uncomplicate your life this Christmas time, okay? But we can uncomplicate the Christmas message. It's very simply this. God loved, God gave. When we believe, we receive. You might think, that's, that's fine. How does that work? Let, let me explain to you how this works. Firstly, God sent Jesus, firstly, to erase the wrong ideas we have about God. You see, many of us uh, have wrong ideas about God and some of you who are followers of God, we have wrong ideas about God. But those of you that say, oh, I don't believe in God and, and I was like that once and many of us in this room were like that as well. And in fact, lots of people say to me, I don't believe in a God who would do this or that or I don't believe in a God who's like this. And I say to them, and I don't believe in that God either. We've all got wrong ideas about who God is. And some of you here today will say, I don't believe God exists and that's fine, I understand that. But if he does exist, then maybe you've got a view that, well, if he does exist, he's some kind of ineffectual old man in the sky, you know, or he's some kind of um, overbearing, over-demanding headmaster or parent. But he's not anything like that. And that's why he sent Jesus to erase the wrong ideas about who God is. He came in the form of Jesus and he said, listen, if you look at Jesus, then you've seen me because that's who I am. In World War II, a um, soldier went off to war and, and he kissed his wife goodbye and his five-year-old son and he said, I'll be home. And every night when, when mom took the little boy in bed, they, they, they looked at a photograph of daddy and they kissed the photograph and mommy said, one day he'll be home, son. And after five years and he hadn't returned, the little boy looked at his mom one night and said, wouldn't it be great, mommy, if daddy just stepped out of the photo frame and came home? And I think that's exactly what God did. He stepped out of the photo frame 
at Christmas in the form of his son to erase the wrong ideas we've got, but secondly, to express just how much he loves us. And when the Bible says God loved the world so much, you've got to understand that in the first century, nobody who said they had a belief in God would ever think that any kind of God would love people. The gods didn't love people. In the first century, any kind of idea of gods, the Roman gods, the, Jew, the, uh, the Greek gods, the, the, the Persian gods, they, they played with people and people paid them. There was never any comment about love. This is radical when Jesus says, you know, God loved the world so much to express His love. You see, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. And God loves us so much that He gave His Son. That's the good news of Christmas. And then thirdly, when we get this, it, the gift of Jesus enables us to know God and have a relationship with Him. How does that work? Well, you know, John, I talked about John a little moment ago when he said, God so loved the world that anyone who believes in Him will experience everlasting life. And that little phrase, believes in Him, is really interesting. You see, I, I'm seeing that some of you guys, are, well, all of you guys are sat on seats and chairs and I could have a chair here and I could say, I believe in that. I believe in the existence of that chair. Or I believe that the chair could hold my weight. Or I believe that the chair is fit for purpose. If I sit on it, it will do what it's supposed to do. I can believe that. But he doesn't say, I, in, whoever believes that. He says, whoever believes in. And that little word in literally means who moves towards, who leans on, who trusts in, who rests in, who puts their weight on. Anyone who trusts in Him, who puts their weight in Him, they will experience everlasting life. And guys, that doesn't mean that our lives are perfect. Doesn't mean that our lives aren't complicated. They really are. My life's not perfect. I'm not perfect. But knowing Jesus is the good news that whatever happens in life, I can have a relationship with God because at Christmas time, 2,000 years ago, he, he erased the wrong ideas. He expressed his love and he enabled me to have a relationship with him. And that is amazing. And you know, when you know Jesus, I think it makes, it makes your life better, but it also makes you better at life because we have this connection with God and that changes everything. You know, I cannot and we cannot uncomplicate your life right now, but we can uncomplicate the message of Christmas. And you might say, that's greatly, you know, I'll believe in it when I see it. I'll believe in God when I see Him because I'm a logical person and a thinking person and I don't trust in anything or anyone or any, anything unless I can see it. Really? Well, this happened to me just over 30 years ago, just gonna come up on the screen here and I didn't look as cool as that when I did it, but th around 30 years ago, I knelt down on one knee and, uh, to my girlfriend at the time, she's here tonight, and now my wife, Alison, and I said, will you marry me? Now, I didn't say to her, and darling, before I hand this ring over, I need to see first what the marriage is gonna look like. I need to see, let's project it forward, what you're gonna look like in 20, 30, 40 or 50 years time or how good the relationship will be. I didn't do that. For me, seeing wasn't believing. Believing became seeing. That's what faith's all about. So what about you? What about you? You know, this last week, I um, went to Albania for a day. Sounds bizarre. But the reason that I went to Albania was that um, we have a church there in Albania. And... Um, on the 26th of November, this church, uh, well, Albania, had an earthquake. In fact, I discovered this morning that it's the worst earthquake that's happened in the world in terms of loss of life. 
Uh, and most of the loss of life is in the city where our church is. And our, the church there is run by local Albanian people, many in their 20s, guys and girls who I love very dearly. And so I went out for 24 hours. And, and when I got there and sat with them and I, I saw the devastation in the city and heard about people who'd lost their life and all of that. And, and I heard these guys who all love Jesus and, and have a relationship with God. But they told me the story that when three o'clock in the morning on the 26th of November, a, a huge earthquake uh, shook the whole country and, and the surrounding countries and it lasted for 50 seconds and that's a long time for an earthquake. And they cried out to God in the middle of that night because they thought they were gonna die. And many of them lost their homes and uh, are living in the church or living in other buildings. And you know what was amazing is that one of them is a nurse and she said, you know what, on that night, um, I, I, I was in hospital and, and, and when it was happening and people started coming in and there was hundreds and hundreds of injured people. And Albania is an atheistic country. For, for years they've said that there is no God. And, and she says it was really interesting. Hundreds of people in A&E and all of them, nearly all of them were crying out to God. See, I don't think there are many atheists in the middle of an earthquake. Maybe you've never considered whether God is real or not but there will come a moment in your life when you will. And Christmas is good news because you don't have to wait for that moment when you might be in the middle of an earthquake or in the middle of a tough situation and you're crying out to God. You can decide now, actually, if God is real, I'm gonna at least give Him a chance and try and find out. Maybe that's you. Or maybe your night isn't like being shook in an earthquake. Maybe your night feels silent. Maybe your night feels grieving. Maybe your night feels fearful right now. But listen, in the middle of your night, whatever it is, there is good news. Jesus came, God loved, God gave. If we believe, we will receive.